You've travelled to France ready for a peaceful getaway and within minutes of stepping foot in your rental car, you're flustered and stressed. This week's episode of In the Shower with Taz and Marcus asks, why do some countries drive on the left and others on the right? In the shower with Taz and Marcus, 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 in the shower with Taz and Marcus. Hello and welcome to In the Shower with Taz and Marcus, a bite-sized informative podcast made to be listened in the shower, but really you can listen to it anywhere you want. The whole point of this podcast is that listeners send in questions they have always wondered the answer to and we do our best to debunk them. Have you ever wondered what water actually tastes like? Or why men have nipples. Or why we kiss. Or what okay means. Or why pineapples are the symbol of hospitality. If you have wondered any of those questions, then good news, you've come to the right place. We have answered all of those and they are ready for your listening ears on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And today we're about to tackle one more. So step into the share with us as we answer a question sent in by Owen Lynch asking... Why do some countries drive on the left and why do some countries drive on the right? In the shower with Taz and Marcus, 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 in the shower with Taz and Marcus. So before we kind of get started on this, on whether countries drive on the right or the left and why, Marcus, how do you tell your right from your left? Like, do you have a technique? Yes, I have a technique. Okay. And it, it all dates back to when my next door neighbour, as a child, James Brady, got a Sega Mega Drive and Sonic the Hedgehog, the original Sonic the Hedgehog, this must have been in like 1995 maybe, um, maybe even earlier. The There was a code you could put in, you could key in on the joypad. Okay. It was up, up, down, down, left, right, start which would give you access to any levels <gasps> that you wanted to um, in the game. Or it gave you something, maybe like more rings or something wow. like that. Wow. Right? So up, up, down, down, left, right, start. Um, and actually that was like a kind of a universal cheat code. It appeared in a few different games. Um, but I remember it was like, if you can picture me doing it with my hands, it's like up, up, down, down, left, right. So you have so, to know your left so and right. So that is literally the association of me saying left and right is how... I learned my left from my right. That's that's very good. I remember um I remember in school being told that if you make an L shape with both hands, the one that is correct is on the, your left hand side. Oh really? Yeah, okay. like if you do it like hold up make L shapes. So it's like L for left. Yeah, 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 exactly. Okay. But but to this day how I remember directions because you know the way you get really panicky when somebody asks for directions. Do you know the amount of times that I've just given fake directions to people? This is actually Marcus. A, like proper confessional. Why I, like, would I'm you co- do that? I'm coming clean because I panic sometimes, you know, like like Spanish tourists come up and they're like, hey, Sarah, can you come to Temple Bar? How do you get to Temple Bar? I'm like, uh, you go down the road, you take the second right and you go until you see an old man standing by a tree. Marcus, and if you, terrible if he's man. Wearing, if he's wearing a green jumper, well then So you're the reason around. for loads of legless, confused Spaniards strolling around Dublin aimlessly. But every, like... Everyone. I give directions in life that I'm probably not qualified <laughs> to give. Like people you probably are, do so on this podcast. People people are asking me for advice and I'll give it, but I am not a moral GPS. So can you imagine if that was a thing? 
Instead moral of Google GPS. Maps, it was like Google morality. Do you know what? I actually often, at least once a week, will Google yes or no button or yes or no wheel to help me make decisions. Swear to God. Really? I swear to God. Do you know what? There was a, there, the, I actually discovered the yes or no wheel this week because there was a question asked on Reddit that if, um, if you could spin a wheel that had a 50-50 chance that you would either get a hundred billion dollars or euro or whatever the currency was, pounds, um, maybe not like dinar or lira or whatever, you get a hundred billion or you could die instantly. Like, would you spin that wheel? Absolutely not. But like the amount of people who, but there was some really interesting ideas, but I'm not going to lie. I sat there probably for about 45 minutes to an hour just spinning this wheel over and over again. And every, but it's all an no, equation of probability. But you know what? The thing is, it, it's, it, it is and it isn't. I mean, like, it, you're resetting the wheel to 50% every time. But every single time that I died, I was like, <laughs> every single time that I died, I was like, well, good thing I didn't spin the wheel in real life. But every single time that I got the 100 billion euro, I was like, pay up, pay up. Where's my 100 billion euro? <laughs> so that's, that's, you know what? It's like, it's. I think we just learned something fairly. Fair. It's a bit of an expose on Taz and Marcus here. The shower is washing all our dirt out into the public. <laughs> like I will wake up. My alarm will go off at seven o'clock in the morning early. My alarm, If I'm waking up super early and it goes off at half six, and I have that moment where I'm like, do I get up? Do I leave the cozy, cozy confines You're not of telling my me bed? That- and I will open the yes no wheel. No. I swear to God. Really? I actively do that. This is like. Do you know? It's like. Betting everything on a coin flip. Literally. Okay, we are we are way we're way off this is the like topic. In the confession but going back, going back to to you know the left and the right. Yeah. So I you're, you're right handed, aren't you? I'm right handed. Yeah. Um, I am as well. Yeah. Are you, yeah. You are. Yeah. Yeah, I am. As are about ninety percent of the population. If you remember from our episode on why we have a dominant hand, can you actually remember why we have a dominant hand? Marcus, in short, putting you on the spot here. Oh, can I remember why we have a dominant hand? Uh, yes, I can. It's because um, certain people, you use the left side of your brain to control your right hand, isn't it? And most people use the left side of their brain for activities such as writing and um, any activity that creates that kind of synaptic. I think that's it's right. Something along those lines. Something I'm going to have to go back and re-listen yeah, yeah, to our yeah. own podcast. Yeah, I yeah. know. I actually do that occasionally. Mm-hmm. Um but anyway, yeah, so a lot of this episode is to do with people having a dominant hand, as you may have guessed, be it right or left. Okay, so well, let's get cracking. I assume we have to go way, way back to a time before cars to get to the bottom of this one. Like, was this a thing where they had donkey lanes well, like, in old Roman times? You joke, but this is true. So about 35% of the world's population drives on the left-hand side of the road. With, including Ireland. Including Ireland. Yeah. And the countries that do are mostly old British colonies, which kind of hints to the answer. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking if it's a colonial force, Brit- Britain spread by, you know, going in and stealing land off people. <laughs> um, and they did that through conflict. So is it anything to do with that? Like in the same way that your handshake was because that was your sword fighting hand. Um, is it like you drove on the left to have your right hand free 
for for a sword? Does it come from like jousting or that something is, like that? That is exactly it. No so, way, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah genuinely. Oh so everything the... always comes back to stabbing, doesn't it? <laughs> in the past, almost everybody travelled on the left-hand side of the road. That's because that was the most sensible option for feudal violent societies. Since most people are in fact right-handed, swordsmen or women prefer to keep to the left in order to have their right arm nearer to an opponent in Roman times. Is it, do you know, isn't it mad though that like so many, as you said, feudal violent societies, like so many things that we take for granted are built around stabbing people. Literally. Like honestly, it's great. The way you shake hands, the way you salute, um, Spiral staircases in castles. Just why, you, this. why you stick your finger up? Remember why that? you stick your finger up? Yeah, but like even you know in old castles, how you see spiral staircases. Mm-hmm. The way they spiral, the direction they spiral, is designed to give the owner of the castle, who would presumably have the upper ground if an invasion is happening, they would climb to the top of a tower, and they would have their right hand free, whereas the spiral would contain the contain the sword hand of um, an advancing attacker. Like ah. all of these little things. Like, so many things in our world are just based around stabbing people. That is crazy. How crazy is that? Um, So when did it all start changing? Like, when did we move away from the way of the sword? In the late 1700s, Teamsters in France and the United States began hauling farm products in big wagons pulled by several pairs of horses. So this is still in a time when, when the horse was the main form of transport. But now we've, like, we're moving from like you know loaded mules right up to horse-drawn wagons, right? Exactly, exactly. These wagons had no driver's seat. Instead, the driver sat on the left rear horse so he could keep his right arm free to lash them, essentially. Oh, okay. So he was just like slapping the horses a bit. To keep them going. That's, that's what you mean by lash. You that's mean how it works. whip the poor workhorses. Literally. Anyway, since he was sitting on the left, naturally they would want anybody to pass on the left so he could look down and make sure he was kept clear of the oncoming wagon's wheels or just to be closer to that person. Therefore, he kept to the right-hand side of the road. So that's kind of when it was first seen. Okay, so the 1700s in France when all of a sudden it was wagons that weren't sat on. They were like dragged by horses and the person sat on the horse. Yes. And sat on the back left to have control over the entire... What's the name? The pack of horses? The team? Uh, the curiosity of horses what is the I don't know actually what is the, the name flock of horses no flock herd um, herd no that's cows I, anyway anyway anyway, anyway. Pack? I don't know team uh, of horses team I don't anyway, know. Let, anyway, us, anyway. Let, let us know send us in the, the your, your preferred term for a group of horses on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter we would love to hear about from you but that, that's when we saw people driving on the right um, in like the France and the France the France, in France and the United States, yeah? Yes, correct. Mm-hmm. Did it spread from there? Was, was it that influential? That's exactly what happened. So in Russia in 1709, the Danish envoy under Tsar Peter the Great noted the widespread custom for traffic in Russia to pass on the right. But it was only in about 1752 that Empress Elizabeth, mm-hmm. Elizaveta Petrovona, officially ensued an edict for traffic to keep on the right. So... In Russia, they brought it in. Uh, was that the first traffic law? That was, like, yeah. She brought in the edict to make that official. To make that official. So that was one of the first laws. It was official as of 1752 that you had to drive or ride on the right-hand side. So that was one of the first, like, official, proper, you know, empirical edict 
traffic laws. Exactly. And then in addition to that, the French Revolution of 1789 gave a huge boost to right-handed travel in Europe. So up until this point, it was very much left-handed, as we said, so you had your right hand free. But it kind of started to become more and more popular to drive on the right-hand side or to ride on the right-hand side. And the French Revolution of 1789 gave a huge boost to this. The fact is, before the revolution, the aristocracy travelled on the left of the road, forcing peasantry over to the right. Okay, so they were like, you're just rolling down the left, just being like, in a French accent, just over to the right now, peasants! That's literally it. So, (laughs) Aristocracy on the left and peasantry on the right. But after the storming of the Bastille and the subsequent events, aristocrats preferred to keep a low profile and joined the peasants on the right side of the road. I missed the song about that in The Miserable, which is all about the storming of the Bastille and French Revolution and all that kind of stuff. Not about redefining traffic laws yeah. by blending in. That's actually so interesting, right? Yeah. Um, so from then in France, if you drove on the left, it could be assumed that you were an aristocrat and you could be open to attack. So you, everything's about getting stabbed. Exactly, exactly. Everything comes back to getting shanked. So so from then, an official keep right rule was introduced in Paris in 1794. More or less kind of parallel to Denmark, where driving on the right became compulsory in 1793. And I suppose that any sort of business or conquest that left France would have been done so on the right-hand side then. Yeah? Yeah, exactly. So meaning entering countries on the right-hand side and sort of forcing that on the country. So, I mean, like, as trade grew because Europe is, you know, mainly landlocked and bordering countries, that would have just made sense to spread that from a, from whatever heartland it was spreading from. That's exactly it. So later, Napoleon's conquest spread the new rightism to the low countries, Belgium, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, Switzerland, Germany, Poland, and many parts of Spain and Italy. The states that had resisted Napoleon kept left, like Britain, the Austro-Hungarian Empire, and Portugal. This European division between the left and right-hand nations would remain fixed for more than one Hundred years until after the First World War. Oh wow! So Napoleon did a hell of a lot, didn't he? He really did. So basically, those that Napoleon defeated drove on the right-hand side, and all those who resisted stayed left, almost as like an act of like fuck you, Napoleon. Genuinely, genuinely, yeah. Then, with the expansion of travel and road building in the 1800s, traffic regulations were made in every country. So whether they were left driving or right. Exactly. Left-hand driving was made mandatory in Britain in 1835. Countries which were part of the British Empire then followed suit. This is why to this very day, India, Australasia Mm -hmm. and the former British colonies in Africa all drive on the left-hand side. An exception to the rule, however, is Egypt, which had been conquered by Napoleon before becoming a British dependency. So driving on the left or the right is actually like a Napoleonic battle Versus the British Empire. It can honestly, that's historically... I never even had a remote idea of that. That is incredible. So so what about countries that were never as affected by, like, you know, British or French empirical force? Like, say, countries in Asia. Okay, so yeah. So, like, Japan, for instance, was never part of the British Empire, but its traffic goes to the left. Although the origin of this habit goes back to the Edo period, which was about 1603 to 1868, it wasn't until 1872 that this unwritten rule became 
more or less official. That was the year when Japan's first railway was introduced, built with technical aid from the British. I remember that in the film The Last Samurai, starring Tom Cruise. So gradually, a massive network of railways and trams were built. And of course, all trains and trams drove on the left-hand side because they had so much aid from the British. Still, it took another half century till about 1924 until left-side driving was clearly written into law. And then what about the United States? Because, I mean, that was a kind of a mix of European colonisation and British. In the early days of English colonisation of North America, English driving customs were followed and the colonies drove on the left. After gaining independence from England, however, they were anxious to cast off all remaining links with their British colonial past and gradually change to right-hand driving. Incidentally, the influence of other European migrants... of of other European immigrants, such as the French, should absolutely not be underestimated. The first law requiring drivers to keep to the right was passed in Pennsylvania in 1792 and similar laws were passed in New York in 1804 and New Jersey in 1813. And then Canada, or parts of Canada at least, I can only assume were influenced by France. Well, for a while, it was kind of a bit messy. So despite the developments in the US, some parts of Canada continued to drive on the left until shortly after World War II. The territories controlled by the French, which is from Quebec to Louisiana, drove on the right, but the territory occupied by the English, as you could imagine, so the areas of British Columbia, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, Prince Edward Island and Newfoundland all kept left. British Columbia and the Atlantic provinces switched the right in the 1920s in order to conform with the rest of Canada and the USA. So up until kind of recently enough, the 1920s, different places within Canada drove either on the right or the left. That is messy. It is messy. very messy. Um, So how many countries today still drive on the left? 75 countries drive on the left today, Ireland being one of them. I I still can't believe that this all started with wanting to free your fighting hand. Do you know what? Like, imagine being a left-handed swordsman in that situation. You could be coming in from every... It's like being a South Pond boxer. <laughs> it all, like, everything comes down to stabbing. Even the things that you think aren't going to come down to stabbing, all of a sudden it has to do with Napoleon beating up your country or British colonialism. Like, It's, it's kind of cool, though, isn't it? That it's like, it's that simple. It's either whether your country was defeated or stood its ground against Napoleon or British colonialism. Or if, in the case of Japan, you took help from the British... And you took influence. It's just like, it is fascinating. It's it, cool, it, isn't it? It really is just it's like... Of, it's kind of, I like questions where you have a finite answer and that's it's fairly finite, this one. This is, yeah, that's actually, do you know what? Like, I'm kind of in the middle here because I'm, I'm half French, half Irish. And I always wondered, like, when you go to Paris, you can see traces of the Napoleonic time everywhere. Like, look at any of the major bridges in Paris and look at the giant the giant limestone ends on them or like you can see it on so many buildings and then you kind of look at, you know, the influence that that had on everything from architecture to design to stuff like this that you, I'm still finding out today. It's absolutely incredible. But then my Irish side looks at the fact that countries are actually casting off right-hand drive or left-hand driving because they want to get away from British colonial rule. It's just like, it's amazing. It is cool, isn't it? In the shower with Tazamarcus, 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 in the shower with Tazamarcus. So there you have it, Owen Lynch. Um, that is why some countries stick to the left and some countries stick to the right. But 
all countries still drive. All countries still drive. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of In the Shower with Taz and Marcus. If you like the podcast, then please, please, please do your bit to help us promote it. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the person you're sitting beside on the bus. Share this episode or your favourite episode on your social media. Or, um, yeah, just 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 get involved and tell your friends about us. If you want to get in touch with us or you have a question or you just want to say hi or send us a picture of your dog, anything, it's really easy. You can uh, get us on uh, Instagram or Twitter, just at In The Shower Pod. And on Facebook, just search for In The Shower With Taz and Marcus. And do not hesitate to ask us a question or send us a message or just get in touch. Yeah, so every single episode of In The Shower is sent in by a listener so we are always open to your questions anything that keeps you up at night there is no such thing as a silly question we will do our best to debunk it uh, you can get what's our email addresses oh you can send your question to our email address at in the shower podcast at gmail.com so easy to get in touch with us so easy so easy Simple. Couple of thank yous to wrap up the episode a big thank you to all of the crew in the Head Stuff Podcast Network Alan, Paddy all of the crew thank you very much thank you so much Flo Robinson for our cover art. Dave Gertzman, who came up with both our theme songs. Dave, you are supremely talented. You are the prince of the theme song game, both in terms of monarchy and in terms of referencing an artist. (laughs) And finally, thank you so much to you for dedicating your ears to us for the last little chunk of time. We really, really appreciate you. You're great. You look great. You're a good person. You're loved. Absolutely. I hope that uh, our voices helped improve your day just a little bit. Marcus, next week's question. Next week's question is another big one that I can't wait to research because uh, do, do you know what? Like constantly when I was doing that um, that question about space ending, I was listening to like all the Hans Zimmer soundtracks for like Inception and Interstellar and all those. Um, and I think I'm going to have another, another Hans Zimmer binge when I'm researching this one. What is it? It comes from Lee Weaver and he asks, um, is time travel possible? That episode is going to be out next Monday in time for your morning shower. In time travel for your morning shower. But in the meantime, <laughs> keep scrubbing. In the shower with Marcus. 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 This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network.